0: And if you look at your watch and your run pace or your bike watts, is significantly lower than they were two weeks ago, it could make you feel quite negative. But actually, if you think, do you know what, I mentally toughed that out. I got through it when I was feeling really hard. Then when you're in that final stage of that Ironman, when it comes to racing, you know that you can do it.
1: The from Show, one hundred seventy-one. Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and on today's episode I interview coach Fran Bunge. Fran is the head coach of Goal Pacific and she's a coaching tutor at the British Triathlon Coach Development Programme, as well as being a top-ranked age group athlete with the two European titles on her CV. In this interview, we discuss using process goals in triathlon and why you might want to move towards a more process-driven approach rather than focusing hard on outcome goals. So we'll get into the advantages of of those process goals and the disadvantages and detriments of being too outcome-focused and uh, get into the step-by-step goal-setting process that you can use yourself, as well as we'll discuss how you can build confidence and mental strength. Uh, we did have a little bit of a connection issue, some audio issues, but I hope that uh, we managed to sort it out in editing. But just as a heads up, if something is uh, is not quite right, then that uh, some, something was going on there when we did the interview. But I hope it will be all right. Big thanks before the interview to Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com. They help you get hydrated and stay hydrated. You can take their free online sweat test. That's uh an online quiz consisting of uh, 10 questions or so that you can easily answer uh, just based on your own experience of your training like you'll answer questions like do you typically get salt stains on your clothes after after training Uh, and those sorts of very qualitative questions that you don't need to do any sort of measurements you can do it in a few minutes and then you get an individualized hydration strategy that you can use in training and in racing you'll also, of course, you'll add what your goal race distance is and then you'll get specific information for that distance, what might make sense to do. And that will, of course, be different for an Ironman race compared to an Olympic distance race or a sprint distance race. So, so it's a great online quiz and precision hydration have validated that quiz against their actual sweat test measurements they've done with a uh, medical device grade equipment that they used to do like real lab based sweat testing and found that this online quiz works really really well in giving you like a, a very accurate ballpark number for how much how much you sweat and how much sodium you lose in your your sweat and that will then allow you to select which strength of electrolyte you should go with for your training and racing so go to precisionaddition.com, take that free online sweat test, and uh, when you get your first box, use the promo code that triathlon show all one word, all caps, to get your first box for free. All right, let's welcome Fran Bungay to the podcast. Today's guest on That Triathlon Show is uh, coach Fran Bungay. Fran, welcome.
0: Welcome, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege.
1: Can you tell us a bit more about yourself and your coaching and triathlon background?
0: Yeah, I came into triathlon about 10 to 15 years ago after um, I gave up my teaching career because I was having children and I had three of them in the end. And and throughout that time, um, I decided to, um, throughout that time, um, I got involved in triathlon as an athlete. um, And under the guidance of Harry Wiltshire, I decided to give something back to the community and set up a triathlon club because there was nothing like that in the area um and i worked alongside the btf um became qualified in my level 1 level 2 and level 3 ran tasters in local schools for the juniors and set up a club and all the parents that were standing on the side watching these kids get involved wanted to do it as well so it kind of grew to a a, a very much a family run organisation and alongside that which is a non-profit making club i kind of set up my own business and so now coach athletes on a one to one basis as well as working for the btf as a coach educator mentor and running triathlon camps in France and things like that.
1: So tell us when you have the, the local club, where exactly is that in the UK? It's
0: in Dorset, um, so so kind of southwest England. So it's quite quite a, a country filled area. Not not a lot of people, but it's amazing how many turn up uh, for the sessions, and it and it's thriving. And it's it's just based for families. So we have coaches that take the juniors, and at the same time, the adults can train as well.
1: And and in your coaching business, you coach athletes uh, remotely as well, or is it all locally?
0: Uh, no, it's not. I've I've coached people in America, um, and throughout the UK. Um, I do have quite a few locally as well.
1: Okay, got it. So so what we discussed before the interview and uh, in our email conversation is uh, that the topic for today's interview would be uh, the use usage of goals and and process goals in particular in uh, training. So can you? go into how you use process goals in your coaching
0: i think process goals are essential um especially in today's society where where there's garments and strava and 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 everything's so time focused um people can feel that they're put under an awful lot of pressure um to to be running at a certain speed biking at certain speeds achieving top 10 in age group and sometimes in the process they forget their journey um and how, how they get there. So so process goals are, are not well, we don't tend to focus on time-driven goals. We we, we focus on other aspects of how they're going to get there. Um, and it can be as minute as as in time in, in specific sessions like run technique or a, a certain um element in their swimming to uh, a much larger aspects in terms of racing of of you know how are they going to manage the open water swim if they if they have any anxiety towards it what is their process um, of dealing with that and if something goes wrong how are they going to cope with it rather than thinking with the bigger picture of oh right, I want to finish in the top 10 or something like that
1: and how specifically do you do you work with that do you uh, like do you have check-in points where you see whether the athlete has uh, has achieved or has uh, uh, i guess it's difficult sometimes to achieve depending on what uh, what the particular goal process goal is but but how, how do you work with them in in practice well, it's, a it's, it's, example.
0: so it's, it's communication communication is the key um and i think any um successful coaching relationship relies on a two-way process between the athlete and the coach um feeding back on how their sessions went um and you can do it even, you know, if, if you are coaching someone on the other side of the world, you can quite easily just put a few bullet points at the end of your sessions that these are the areas I want to focus on. How do you do it? And, you, and it's it, it's it's a responsibility to the athlete to feedback on that, to say, okay, yes, it went well, or I didn't, or I couldn't do this, or I could do that. And if you don't get that kind of feedback, then it's very difficult to progress to the next session.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. One thing that... Uh... Uh, that I'm thinking is uh, sometimes challenging. At least I see that in my coaching that sometimes it's, uh, it's difficult depending on what the, the process uh, goal is to, to really get buy from the athlete because uh, as you say especially if it's an athlete that has come from a self-coached uh setup and they're used to like really just focusing on their garmin and their Strava segments and all that sort of thing it, it can be quite a shift to to now be accountable to something completely different rather than than just the time outcomes and that sort of thing how do you work with that
0: um using both so they still have their garments, they still have their strava, they still have those results and, and, and educating them that they are a tool, um, and that they have to use it as a tool and not, not to rely on the, the end results. So again, seeing that as part of the process. So for example, uh, let's say it's biking and they want to be pushing a certain number of watts, um, and, and that's their goal for that session. Get them to break it down. So so get them to think about, OK, if you want to achieve, I don't know, say 10 reps of one minute at a certain power, how are you going to do that? What do you need to do beforehand? How are you going to prep for it? What do you need to do in terms of your cadence? Think about uh, your body position. Think about um how you're going to fuel for it and things like that. So getting them to look at the whole process.
1: It sounds like a lot of these examples that you uh, just touched upon a little bit, they are uh, technique focused goals. Is, is that how it usually is? Or can you give no, just. No,
0: completely. De- no, no, no. Completely depends on the athlete um, and, and depends on their environment. And this is where your kind of um, profiling questionnaires come out. A process goal could be, for some athletes, as simple as, as consistency over three weeks in their training um setting them targets of just completing three swims, three bikes, three runs around managing family and having a tough job and things like that. It's it's so specific to your athlete. It's not like you can you can write a book and say, right, athletes need to focus on these different process goals. It has got to be specific.
1: Yeah. You you know what? That consistency goal, that I use that for eighty percent of my athletes for sure. <laughs> I think I think yeah, that's yeah. the uh, the most common place where where training is sort of is derailed for, for the athletes because they, they lose a couple of weeks here and there with really bad training. And uh, maybe it's unavoidable to to lose some of that training, but with like really good time management and really good planning, I think when you look back at the whole year, like for example, now is a good time to look look back at 2018 as we're recording this on the 2nd of January. I think yeah. that's oftentimes like a lot of the training that was missed by an athlete, it could have been avoided with really proper planning. So I use that consistency, process goal really a whole lot with most of my athletes day we we discuss like okay this is the amount of hours that you trained in 2017 how can we make sure that you can slightly increase that amount of hours into sorry in 2018 how can how can you slightly increase that in 2019
0: Absolutely. Um, and, and you know, and actually, I think sometimes for athletes, times like Christmas and New Year, the hardest to maintain that consistency because they've got to balance it around everything else and family time and and also educating them. That actually, having a rest is a good thing. Um, you know, just just knocking back a few hours and enjoying time with the family and having that rest can actually be a process goal in themselves, because sometimes these athletes can be a little bit destructive. Um, and if they go too far, then they hit their immune system and end up losing that consistency because they're ill.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it can also be about uh, sleep uh, or nutrition, because those, those are some other things that I that I see with some athletes that tend to get sick a lot. Uh, it, yeah. it has a really di- a direct correlation with, with the quantity of sleep and quality of sleep in, in many cases. Absolutely.
0: And it's all about educating the athlete in that respect as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So about the outcome goals then you do use them but uh, is there a point where there is too much focus on them and uh, if there is how how can that be detrimental
0: well it's quite different depending on the ability of the athlete as well Um, so in some respects if you've got novice athletes they're not not so concerned about that outcome they are actually naturally more concerned about the process So that's in that term, it's it's more kind of coach led on on how they can deal with that first step of actually turning up on time, making sure that they're fueled, how they're going to cope with the anxiety of the open swim and go through a really good process of the actual race rather than thinking about where they're going to come. The more advanced athletes it's a little bit harder because you know they've got experience they know what they're walking into and you know they say right I I want to be in the top percentage of my age group or I want to podium and and breaking that back right to the kind of the the basics of the race is, is sometimes harder um but they can do it and i will always get athletes one to two weeks before their race to 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 send me a, an email a document whatever of an absolute breakdown of their race from the moment they're going to turn up to the venue um to what they're going to eat for breakfast uh the timing of that how they're going to turn up to their to the side of the pool or, or the sea wherever they're doing their race and really get them to break down and and tell me exactly what they're going to focus on in each different aspect of that race
1: so that that was uh, that, that was a great answer but uh, if i come back to the the original question uh, like the how focusing on the outcome too much uh, can be detrimental. I, I think we you sort of missed that in, uh, oh, in, in the <laughs>
0: um Well, there's, there's so many reasons why it can be detrimental. Um, you know, if, if you focus on a time outcome and let's just say that the, the swim is 500 metres long than they thought it was going to be, or the weather conditions are horrific, or they've, they've been up the last three nights and they're absolutely a little, you know, shattered and fatigued and that's going to have an impact on their muscles – You know, they're going to be very upset if they don't quite get the result that they wanted to. But actually, if they take all those aspects into consideration and then go, okay, let's break this down and focus on specific aspects along the way, then actually they'll know that they've achieved some targets. They know that they've achieved the goals, even if that outcome time might not necessarily be what they wanted in the first place. Um, And this is really important for athletes that potentially have come back from injury because they might not necessarily be at that performance point that they were six months before but they have much bigger challenges to to kind of overcome along the way and and process goals can really help move those athletes forward
1: and and how does that if you give another example uh, that was a great example by the way and a great answer uh, but uh, in terms of training like uh, focusing too much uh, on on outcomes in in training can can that be detrimental somehow? And what would be a better way to uh, to handle that?
0: Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. You broke up a little bit this side.
1: So so in, that was a great example from uh, from a racing situation of, of how like process goals can uh, can allow you to to not have a detrimental effect from from being too outcome driven. Can you give another example in in terms of training and uh, the everyday training that you go through?
0: Yeah, sometimes the hardest sessions you can do are those ones where you're fatigued and you're tired and it's it's just a mental balance battle and, you know, your times are going to be low because you're fatigued, but you still get to the end of that session. And if you look at your watch and your run pace or your bike watts, is significantly lower than they were two weeks ago, it could make you feel quite negative. But actually, if you think do you know what, I mentally toughed that out. I got through it when I was feeling really hard. Then, when you're in that final stage of that Ironman, Man, when it comes to racing, you know that you can do it.
1: Yeah, I think if, if you want to set a new a new PB every single workout, then you're not going to last long in this sport. <laughs> you have to absolutely not. It's
0: not possible. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: so so, can you take us through some other examples? Like, for example, if you you are a beginner athlete, a novice athlete, and you're preparing for your first sprinter Olympic like how would you go about as this interview comes out it's february or so so maybe it's somebody in the uk who has uh, their first race in in june so so what would yeah. be some examples of the the first process goals that they should set up now for the the training period and then is there something else in the race itself that that you haven't already mentioned that they should think about in terms of process goals
0: well oh god there's loads of process goals for novice athletes um at this point in the year um because they're they're going to be new to the the style of training. Um, Going back to what you said uh, right at the beginning, getting into that consistent routine and developing routine is really, really important. Um, Focusing on their weaknesses, whatever they they may be. It could be as simple as nutrition, um, fueling around their uh, activities. Um, Usually quite quite a few of the novices that we have, their weaknesses are swimming. Um, So, getting in the pool, focusing on on getting one-to-one coaching locally so they can develop their technique, they can develop their confidence and then before their race season comes up, getting into an open water situation, getting with a group of people that they can start training with um, so they can overcome those fears that they have and if they can, put themselves into situations so they can overcome those fears so when it comes to the race day that they actually know that they can do it so they go into the situation a lot more confident also especially with beginners getting them to develop the ability to visualize what they're going to be doing developing matches focusing on themselves rather than others is really really important um and and that can be done throughout the year it doesn't you don't have to wait until race day for them to do that
1: yeah perfect and if if you are a beginner and you're you have a coach then obviously it's an exercise or like a prioritization exercise sort of in uh, in finding out what the most important things to to focus on at any given moment are Uh, if for the self-coached athletes listening do you have any any tips for how they can figure out what their biggest prioritization points should be
0: could you sorry? Could you repeat that question? The um, it broke up again.
1: For self-coached athletes, how how can they figure out? Is there? Do you have any advice on how they can figure out what the most important things for them to focus on uh, right now should be? Because there are 100 things that they could be focusing on, but they should pick maybe two or three things at a time to to focus on. So how how can they figure out what the most important things would be?
0: What for, for self-coached athletes? Yeah, self-coached
1: beginner athletes. Well, or self-coached athletes in general, actually. Self-coached.
0: Well, how how to how for sorry, I, I mean, you keep breaking up. It's very difficult to hear what you're saying.
1: How to figure out uh, what the the most important things to focus on would be, so that because you can't have 100 process goals at any one time, you you should have just a few uh, few ones to focus on, right? So so how do you figure out yeah. which ones are most important?
0: To the athlete. Well, this is where um, putting forward a uh, profiling questionnaire is really important. Um, so you can get as much information from the athlete as possible. And usually as you read through the profiling questionnaires, there's quite a few um, elements that come staring back at you that they need to focus on. Um, it's different for every single athlete. Um, it, you know, it depends what their strengths are. It depends on their weaknesses, it depends on their work. It depends on their family background. Um, that There isn't kind of a checklist of, of what process goals that, you know, you need to focus on. But there are, you can make generalizations. Um, so especially with athletes that uh, are limited on time, quite often nutrition falls out the window quite often getting enough sleep falls out the window. So just focus on those two aspects. You could do it over a macro cycle where they're really, you know, get them to record it how much sleep are they getting are they eating before their sessions are they fueling properly after the sessions um and that's that's really important and then you know getting them to record how they feel when they're doing it correctly and then the impact that this is having on their training and then those outcome goals that they're really you know focused on perhaps at the end of the season
1: mm. uh, so, so the, that so the question was actually if you're a self-coach athlete and you don't have that coach that that does it for you uh, do you have any tips for how they can figure out that for example nutrition and sleep might be the the things holding them back like uh, what what would you say to them like how can they figure out what their their big uh, the big rocks for them will be
0: well, I think that what what would be important for them is to record everything. So take a, two or three weeks where they, they write down how much sleep they're getting, how much f- food they're eating, how busy their schedule is, um, how much training they're doing, the timing that they're doing this, and then then including how they feel at the end of these days. And then hopefully, you know, patterns will start emerging. And then looking at these patterns and they can start making some adaptions. And, you know, obviously reading, reading. Um, getting information, looking at your podcasts, getting as much information they can um, on what they should be doing um, is really, really important as well.
1: Mm. And uh, again, if you go to the, the back to the example that you gave us on the novice athlete, but we turned that to the advanced athlete that might be perhaps uh, preparing for a half or full distance and they want to set uh, a new personal best, uh, what would be some examples of process goals that you see with this demographic of athletes?
0: for an advanced athlete. Yeah. Um so I would get them just like I do with a novice is to write down absolutely everything that they're going to do from the moment that they turn up to that race to the date to the point in which it's finished. Um how they're going to manage the swim where they're gonna position themselves in the swim, how they're gonna relax in the swim, thinking about their cadence. Now, all athletes are different, but there'll usually be an element of technique or an element of breathing that they can focus on throughout their swim. And I'll get them thinking about that. Could be breathing, could be positioning, could be drafting on someone's feet. So then they're focused on that element and they're focused on that process throughout the swim. Then once they're out the swim, then I'll get them to think about, right, what are gonna do in transition? Have you thought about where your bike is? What do you? how are you going to take your wetsuit off are you going to fuel in transition and, and and literally i get them to write all these things down before the race is even started so then they, they they're on automatic they don't have to think about it they just do it then once they're out on their bike i get them to think about their nutrition set an alarm every 10 to 15 minutes what are you going to eat when are you going to drink how are you going to break that down how are you going to cope with the terrain have you practiced your corners you know th- is there a weakness in their biking skills? And if there is, then I get them to really focus on that throughout the bike. And then exactly the same. And the run is quite often the hardest. The run is quite often where the demons come out and, and the negative talk can sit into them. And this is where mantras are really important. Very small targets. Like I'm going to get to the next aid station. I'm going to get some fuel. I'm going to get to the next tree. I'm going to see that man in front of me and I'm going to catch him and just. Putting all these little processes together, the time will take care of itself. Sometimes if these athletes think about the big picture and that final outcome, they can get lost on the way and, and those demons can hit them and the negative talk can start to hit them and they'll start going slower.
1: Yeah, I, I liked, uh, like a lot of things there, but uh, the thing that you said there about uh, going, just getting to the next aid station, I mean, for an Ironman especially, it's it's so daunting if you start thinking about the the whole, the entire race or the entire marathon on, on the run. Yeah. Even on a, in a sprint distance, when you're trying to race your fastest sprint, you're setting out out of T two, and you're running at a pace that feels like, oh man, am I am I even going to be able to run this for for 500 meters? So you Absolutely. can't think of the entire 5K. You you have to think 500 meters at a time or something like that.
0: Absolutely, really, really breaking it down, and and you're knackered, you're exhausted, and you're very, very tired. And this is this kind of goes back to those training sessions when, you know, we're, we're focusing on the tired athlete who still manages to nail those sessions, even though their times are a lot slower. That kind of hopefully gives them that mental strength that that they can go into this and know that they can actually do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's something that that I talk about a lot with my athletes as well. That that when they're not feeling their best, like provided that they're not like so knackered that they're actually reaching sort of non-functional overreaching uh, then doing those sorts of trainings when you're not going to hit your best powers or best paces but you're getting it done you're hitting the right intensity zone at least that's the best place that you'll ever get to practice uh, mental strength and, and improve on that
0: absolutely absolutely
1: so what about the advanced athlete again if we we're in february uh by the time this interview comes out what would be some example training process goals that they might have
0: Um, so getting to focus on their areas of weakness quite often, um, they'll, they'll, they'll be really keen to do lots of what they're good at and not, not, not do lots of what they're not so good at. Um, again, this could be nutrition. Um, it could be, they might be weak on running, get them to do some running races, 5k races, 10k races, and do them when they're a little bit more fatigued. So it's more similar to what it is like in an in Ironman or seventy point three, whatever their targets are. And when they're doing it, get them to focus on about their cadence, their form, their fueling aspects like that. The winter is great for doing all these kind of aspects, and you know it's it, it's not nice out there, but but getting some practice as well in in doing some race specific situations is really important for these athletes.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you talk about nutrition in general, or I guess it can be both, but uh, do you see most often that uh, the problems are more so in the fueling the workouts or is it the day-to-day nutrition that you more often focus on with your athletes?
0: Oh, both, to be honest. Um, some athletes, you, you have a, a kind of a cohort of athletes who are absolutely brilliant, absolutely nail it um, and and do everything by the book. And then you have um, – a kind of cohort that are a little bit hit and miss. So, you know, this is where kind of doing a, a food diary alongside their training is quite important. Not that Sometimes you don't need to look at it that much. It just makes them do it and it makes them think about it. It, 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 it makes them think, like, right, how am I going to feel this session? What am I going to do? Rather than just kind of, oh, it's now two hours after I did that bike and I haven't eaten anything. It, it, it kind of um, makes them responsible for it because they have to re- report back to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, in addition to to this uh, process goal discussion, I think a bigger one of the things that it helps you with is to to have to build confidence for for your race yeah. day and have confidence in when you are standing on the start line and when you are in the race itself. Do you use any other methods to to build confidence and that mental strength that we also talked about with your athletes?
0: Yeah I mean obviously get your training as specific as you possibly can practice 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 um as much as you can and the more you practice the more the better you get and the better you get the more confidence you have um, so you know going back to the ABC races uh, you know build that into your macro cycle um, and 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 try and make you know the races the practice races is specific to the kind of a race that they want to do so you know if they're doing a hilly race then then get them practicing get them training on hilly terrain um, but also um, self-talk developing mantras mindfulness is brilliant visualization all these aspects people sometimes forget about the mental side of it and and if you're mentally strong going into a race you're going to have a much better race than 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 if there are doubts and if you let those doubts control you
1: so with the mantras do you have uh, a few examples some favorite mantras of yours that uh, that you use or that you give to your athletes to to try out
0: uh, do you know I let people I let people make their own mantras um, because I think they're quite personal um I, I'm a favorite of uh, Yoda <laughs> Do or do not there is no try yeah. <laughs> um, but but people kind of find their own um, and actually, I think that process itself is really important.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and once you once you find your, your own mantra that wants to work for you, then uh, it's just a matter of repeating that in, in training and in racing. And you, you don't need to think about that. You don't need to do Absolutely. the same work twice. You, you just reinforce yeah. the, same, the same things that you've already started, uh, started and, and seen work for you initially. And then it just gets Absolutely. stronger and stronger
0: and some and some people find music really helps them listening to music be help before their races and having tracks that are the same as that they've used in training or you know writing quotes on their their, their bike uh it, you know ha- using the same race kit it, it's it's very personal
1: yeah yeah uh, and uh what about the, the visualization how how do you do that in in practice in a practical setting can you uh, go in a, little, a little bit deeper into that
0: yeah, that's really hard, um, especially when people are so busy. You know, if you tell them that they need to sit down and spend 20 minutes thinking about their race, they, they trying to get them to understand that that's actually quite helpful is not always easy. Um, and this is when uh, it is an advantage if you see your athletes because you can actually sit down with them and spend the time where they're, they're visualising their race and you can talk through it with them. Um, but uh, it has <laughs> it's just it's just it well and if if you haven't got that opportunity you make you give it to them through the training plan so you can even write it on the training plan write on sunday i want you to every sunday 20 minutes i want you to sit at the bottom of your bed and i want you to close your eyes and i want you to visualize your race from start to finish and then get them later to report some bullet points on how that went so you're actually writing it into the program rather than having to think about trying to find extra time to do it
1: yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, and do you because there are different uh, schools of thoughts here, I guess, and uh, I'm not an expert in this, but uh, some some I guess uh, propose visualizing your perfect race and everything going well, but some propose yeah. visualizing uh, different scenarios, things that might not go well and how you deal with that and react to those situations. What what do you think works best?
0: Oh, I think that's I think that's really important, especially with novice athletes. Um, you know, having discussions with your athletes of, of, what will happen if you, if your goggles get knocked off in the swim or if you get swum over and you've never had that before, how are you going to deal with it? Um, I think that's really important. Um, there's no, there's no limit on how many times you can visualize your races. So visualize your perfect race, but also look at it as what happened, what, what, what you would do if that certain things go wrong along the way and have a plan for it. Because, you know, when it comes to actual racing, sometimes your sensible head can disappear yep. <laughs> so if you've practiced it and practice it, it it's it's oh yes okay I know what to do I need to take myself to the side and swim I need to get some uh, oxygen on board and then I'll be fine and then I can carry on swimming rather than panicking in the situation
1: mm. what about visualizing your your training sessions in advance is that something that you yeah
0: I think, I think especially if there's an element in your training that you really struggle with, um, some people ha- get, get quite stressful about swimming. Um, so actually spending a bit of time to thinking about the process of, okay, I'm going to get in, I'm going to relax, I'm just going to swim lots of, 50 meters nice and relaxed and enjoy it and then just break that rather than thinking oh my god I'm going to go to the pool and spend an hour you break it into those little chunks I'm just going to do a little warm-up now I'm going to do a little bit of drills now I'm going to do the main set Um, I'm going to focus the whole session on being relaxed and then before they know it they've been in there for 45 minutes and they've actually come out and had quite a rewarding session Um, running's the same some people and and me personally have have real battles with running Um, and visualizing a a good training session actually really helps me not going into it with a negative mindset.
1: I I think that's key, really, to to not go into it with a negative mindset. And uh, something that I do, which does not take any extra time, is that uh, quite often during the warm-up, if I'm on the bike or on the run especially, but even on the swim, it's possible to do that you you just visualize what you're going to do in the main set if you have like a your, yep. you have your intervals your quality main set and uh, and that's quite often it it feels like it helps me find those extra 10 watts or those extra 5 seconds per kilometer in in that main set compared to if I don't do that
0: absolutely and and you know you, i i do completely the same and sometimes if you if you're focusing too much on Oh my God, I've got 10 times two minutes maximum effort to do, I can't do it, you won't do it because you, you're focusing on that negative. Where actually if you think, right, I'm gonna do two minutes and, and in these two minutes, I'm gonna focus on breathing. I'm gonna focus on my pedal stroke. Then before you know it, the watts come and before you know it, you're halfway through the set. And then and then before you know it, you've done it, and you're quite pleased because you've actually hit the hit the watts that you wanted to at the start.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and now we're back at the process goals again. Like some of those, like focusing on breathing for yeah. one interval, or even just thirty seconds of that two-minute repeat, and then the next you focus on on a smooth smooth pedal stroke, and uh, then then you have like holding a relaxed upper body in the next thirty seconds. So that helps you get through those intervals. That's much faster and easier than if you are to just battle through them from from start. Absolutely. To finish. Okay. So is there anything else that we should add to this before we get into the rapid fire questions that, uh, we haven't talked about yet?
0: Yeah. I just think there's one thing, uh, to add to this is, is the importance of process goals with athletes, um, who are coming back from an injury is because they could be quite good athletes, um, who no longer can hit their goals because they've broke their leg or they broke their arm or, or, you know, they've had some kind of illness along the way. so, so, moving away that from that outcome time goal is really really important for them to get back to where they were because otherwise they could become quite downcast about it um and, and this is where again developing a really good coaching relationship full of communication is really important for those athletes
1: yeah perfect so the rapid fire questions take 15 seconds or less to answer these starting with what's your favorite book blog or resource related to triathlon
0: definitely other coaches
1: What's your favorite piece of gear or equipment?
0: It's definitely my TT bike. I'm fortunate enough to be sponsored by Planet X and and I love my bike.
1: And what do you wish you had known or done differently at some point in your career?
0: That's a good one. Um personally, I think probably listening to your body, I think triathletes often think they're invincible.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. this
0: is this is where a coach is really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if the listeners want to learn more about uh, you, where can they find out uh, information about your coaching and, uh, and, and the squad that you have, et cetera?
0: Sorry, you broke up again. Say that if, again.
1: If the listeners want to learn more about you, your coaching and, and your squad, where, where can they find more information?
0: Goalspecificcoaching.com.
1: Any social media outlets that uh, people should follow?
0: Um, go, yeah, I'm on Instagram as well. Um, go specific spirit, uh, you'll find me there. And um, our, our tri club is Tri um, uh, because we're based in the Purbic Hills of Dorset.
1: All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Fran. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: I hope that you enjoyed that interview. I have a few takeaways that I want to talk about or not so much takeaways as I want to get into a little bit more about how I personally use process goals. And one of the main things that uh, that I do is I have a ton of paper arcs taped to my door, my bedroom door. So every time I go, go out my bedroom, uh, I see these things, and these are different. Uh, I have a lot of things. Like I have, I have both outcome goals and process goals there. But but one of the things that I do is that I've basically drawn up like a calendar, so that for example, one thing that I have is a calendar for my core training. So every single day when I do core training, I get to to draw across on that day for core training done, and every single day that I practice visualization, I get to to draw across on on that day. And I have this for triathlon, but also for goals and processes outside of triathlon. And I think it really like, of course, I have my core training, training piece as well. But that's just not the same thing as physically having a piece of paper and physically taking a pen and uh, crossing off that day that I did core training today. I'm going through the process because then I have on a different paper that is not the, that calendar itself I say that okay my goal is my process goal is to do core training at least four times per week and then I can see at the end of each week do I have four crosses here on this paper arc if I do great I I fulfilled that process goal so that's on a big picture level like uh, how I will achieve my racing goals this season like I have my racing goals which are performance-based goals but then I've taking them down into or i broke them down into process goals like how will i achieve my my goals that i have for the 7.3 world championships this year or for the challenge lisbon race that i have coming up in may how will i achieve those those outcome goals well i break it down into process goals and this core training example is just one of them and then I make sure that I execute these, these process goals consistently. So, so that's an example, a personal example of how, how, how I use this in my triathlon. But then if I take it, the, some of the, these things that we discussed to a more narrow level, to workout level, uh, I should say, then I have a very recent example. By the time of this recording, uh, I did a VO2 max workout on the bike. It wasn't going particularly well. I wasn't feeling very good. Uh, so the idea was to do 10 times two minutes at VO2 max and then with two minute re- active recoveries between. And uh, and I felt from the first one that, oh, this is hard. This is difficult. Uh, so but what I did was that rather than, than focusing too much on my power is way too low, I just focused on get through the first one, do the best you can until this first interval is over and then reassess. I got to the first one I saw that the power was quite a bit below expected, even though the first interval is always the hardest. So I said, okay, maybe today is the day when I adjust the workout a little bit. So with that said, I decided to do 10 times one and a half minutes instead of 10 times two minutes. And instead of doing the entire intervals in the error bars, I decided to do 45 seconds in the error bars and 45 seconds sitting up because it would be more manageable that way. And then that gave me instantly from the next interval I just worked in 45 second increments first 45 seconds focusing only on producing power in the aerodynamic position and then 45 more seconds on producing power sitting up and, and it allowed me to slowly but surely work into the workout and get closer and closer to where my power actually should be and, that, and I came to interval 10 and I felt why don't I take this workout to get the same total time at VO2 max intensity that I initially intended to have so 10 times 20 would be 20 minutes of work and uh, so if i would were to do 13 times 1.5 minutes that would be 19 and a half minutes of work so rather than just stopping at 10 minutes i kept going and did 13 intervals so three more and so at the end of the day i ended up having a really good really productive workout not, not the best i didn't light the world on fire but i had a productive workout a good productive workout i got the benefits out of it because i broke it down to like a very process-driven approach within each given interval and just taking it a very short time span at a time being very present and focusing on the process getting through it rather than focusing on the fact that i thought that my power should be 20 watts higher than what it actually was it it doesn't matter if i think that it should be 20 watts higher it's slowly but surely i worked it all the way up to where it was maybe 10 to 5 watts lower than it should be nothing more than that and that means that i hit the exact right intensity the exact right intensity zone i don't need to set the personal best in every workout as we discussed in this episode but this is another example of how to get through your workouts and uh, not being too focused on what your power meter shows what your pace shows on your watch and all those sorts of things just working through it doing your best in in the intervals that you have all right so you can find the show notes for today's episode as usual on that triathlon do let me know in the comment section there if you use process goals and which goals are you using i would love to know and engage in a discussion there I have some links and related episodes as well that uh, that I'll add to the show notes and the episode description. Of course, Fran's website will be there, but also some goal-setting episodes that I've done in the past. So we have episode 92 with uh, Kate Roberts, who is a former elite uh, triathlete and Olympian. And we have episode 142 with Ian Haken, who is an age group athlete. And uh, we have episode 65, which is... uh, goal-setting and self-coaching with Simon Briarley, my uh, previous coach. So uh, those are the episodes. The the other episodes are called, I didn't read their names, but I can do that. Training Smart, Managing Time and Setting Goals with Kate Roberts. And How to Dream Big and Achieve Your Goals and Dreams with Ian Haken. So, So those will be linked as well. If you're new to the podcast, do subscribe so that you get the show when it's released, every Monday and Thursday. Every Thursday we have Q&A episodes, send in your questions to me on email or on Facebook and if you are a long-time listener, perhaps you can make today the day that you submit a rating and review if you haven't already done so. That really, really helps the show be sustainable for the long haul. Somebody who did that uh, Orge from Norway who writes five stars for sure knowledge and evidence-based and also lots of in the trenches experience great guests and Michael has a great way of asking the right questions as well as a lot of experience and hard earned hard-earned knowledge himself My best recommendations orge thank you so much orge taxke it really means a lot to me and also big thanks to precision hydration for sponsoring this episode. Go to precisionhydration.com, take their free online sweat test to get your individual hydration strategy, and try your first box of electrolyte product for free with the promo code THATTRIATHOLOCHSHOW, all one word, all caps. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart, and keep loving triathlon.